0: Okay, um, <laughs> I just pulled up a picture of Greg so it's like I'm not talking to myself. This is dumb. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. So, here we go. Art horse, art horse, art horse, art horse, art too cheap to buy. Horse, art horse, art horse, art too cheap to buy. Horse. Hey, horse, this is it. Horse, Hi everyone! Welcome to Art Horse. This is a Silly and Serious podcast about creativity and stepping out of your comfort zone. And I'm Jess, and today I want to talk about some community stuff that I've been doing, a book I read, and then a couple of things I made. And that'll be today's episode. So, first, I want to talk about... I think I'm going to talk about this painting first. So... I haven't been painting that much or like making that much stuff because there's just been so much other stuff going on. I'm sure you can relate to that kind of thing where this thing that you proclaim to do falls to the wayside because of all this other stuff. And I I know that it's uh that no matter what I am doing or not doing, I'm still a creative person. I'm still a painter, but it does feel kind of weird when like my identity is really wrapped up in like the things that I make. Or don't make. <laughs> I believe that I I feel better when I make stuff. So that's what I want to do. But it, it's definitely weird. And so my therapist suggested that I keep a canvas in my office that I just paint over and over and over and over and over again. And um, that way it doesn't mean anything. And then I can put all of the feelings about like how I feel about how my desk is messy. I can put all those feelings into the painting was her suggestion. And so she gave me an assignment, which was to paint over this canvas and not clear off my desk at all. And so on my desk, there's all of this stuff and every single thing reminds me of something that I have to do. Like there's like a, you know, mock business plan. There's, you know, my agenda was on my desk. There's just, it's just a mess. Like right now, all of my stuff is stacked up so that I can talk to you. But she said, don't clean it. Just get your paint out that you're going to use, and then paint. And so I did. And uh, you've seen this... You might have seen this painting. I put it on Instagram, uh, and the Instagram is Art Horse Pod. And it's a picture of my dog, Tucker, kind of looking over his shoulder. It's in, like, whites and pinks and reds. It looks really ready orange but there's some neon pink in real life. And it's really an interesting painting. Like, the paintbrush that I was using is, like, clumped with glue. Because back in May, when I was staying up all night to put together that, like, show that I was doing with my neighbor, like, the art show, I was, like, using this paintbrush to apply, like, gold foil. And then I... It was, like, I'd stayed up all night and I was I didn't even think I would... I just had to run. Like, I was so stressed out, I just ran without washing it. And so this paintbrush has had, like, clumps of glue. And so the, like, painting with it was really interesting because it kind of left like streaks in the brush strokes like they're very obvious even when like the paint is thick and so it's just kind of an interesting thing it feels like very soft there's no hard edges everything looks very like scrapey and also you can see the other painting through it which is kind of cool I'm a little reluctant to paint over this one because I kind of like it <laughs> so I don't know I don't know they all have to make a new canvas because I, yeah, I, it's interesting. But then maybe one day I'll be sick of it and then paint. It's just so, like, it looks very alive because the way the brush strokes are, like, in every direction. And they're kind of, like, see-through and it's, like, a dark background. This is very interesting. So check that out on Instagram so that you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so I I made that. And, like... I didn't really notice while it was happening that my desk was messy. Like, I would have thought that, like, I wouldn't have been able to focus. Like, I think I did feel stressed out that I was going to get paint on all my stuff. Um, But it kind of was fine. I didn't ruin anything that I know of. So that's one thing I made without needing my space to be perfect. And that is good, I think. Another thing I've been working on is the... Simplicity 8427, I think is the number. Um, and it's a men's like button up shirt. And I've heard it said that like following a pattern isn't creative because I guess they assume you're not making choices. But man, I made a lot of choices. <laughs> like I chose to like grade the pattern to fit shoulders. I And I had to make a whole bunch of other adjustments. Like, it was kind of, like, it was a lot of stuff that wasn't just following instructions. Like, I can't really think of a time where, even if you have instructions, that you follow them exactly. I feel like that's an impossible task. And also, I did it in, like, this checked pattern. It's, like, it's a fabric with four-inch squares. It looks almost like a plaid, but it's not quite a plaid. It's more, like, checked. And it's got, like... Uh, burnt orange and kind of a mustard yellow and like a burgundy, like a wine color, and then a grapey purple. There's green, there's like blue. It's really nice. And so I made it into a shirt and now my last step is like the buttonholes, And I'm kind of (laughs) scared to do that part. Because I feel like of all the things like other than cutting pieces that are the wrong size and shape, like that is the hard part, because I can't, like, I guess I can, I don't know, it makes a lot of, I don't have a buttonhole foot, so I have to do it by hand with, like, the zigzag stitch, and then cutting the hole in the middle, uh, so that's gonna be new for me, that'll be, like, the first time that I ever did that, um, and while I was, which I'll talk about in a second, I went to Victoria for, like, a swing dance weekend thing? And while I was there, I went to Thrift Craft, which is a, like, th- I, exactly what it sounds like. It's like a thrifted craft supply store, and the owner has it all organized. Like, there's all these, like, little bags of wooden beads, and, like, every there's this, like, interesting, you know, like a kind of a dresser thing, but it has, like, tiny little drawers. Like, many, many, many drawers, like a hundred, and they all have probably not a hundred, but, like, many um, they all have, like, lists, like, little wooden reindeer. And then you pull the drawer open, and there's a little wooden reindeer in there. <laughs> like, it's really interesting. And she's got a bunch of, like, vintage Playboys and, like, just fun stuff. There's a section where you can fill a bag for a certain amount of money. Like, seven bucks or something. You can, like, get knickknacks. And it's just really a treat. So if you're ever in Victoria, go check that out, because it's pretty fun. Um, but while I was there, I got... A couple of different colors of shirt buttons because I didn't know what would look best but I grabbed a purple one and a yellow one because it has those colors in it but I didn't bring like a swatch of the fabric with me or anything so I couldn't like really tell and so I brought them home and then I looked at them on the shirt and I went oh man like (laughs) it's not quite right like I would like something a little more subtle like I would have liked a kind of like a icy blue color, I think, would have gone better than, like, the, the purple reads as black. Like, it's not black, but it, like, reads as really dark compared to the fabric. And then the yellow one, it just doesn't work. And Greg was like, that looks fine enough for me to enjoy wearing it. Like, that's fine. And it it was a really interesting moment because it, it makes me think, like, of how many times in my life I would have been, like, I would have waited To get the exact right color of buttons and then never finished the project and never moved on. Like, I think being able to go all the way from the start to the finish and put all the buttons on and then just have a shirt. Like, you know, like the button color, it's not about the button color. Maybe it's about, like, finishing the project and... um, (laughs) Like, because if you can't finish the project, then you can't really learn anything from it. Because maybe... I'm going to put the buttons on and then maybe there's not going to be enough room in the shoulders or in the front of the arm. Like maybe something else is going to be totally wrong with it. And if I never put the buttons on there, I would never get to learn that and then move on. And it it just like reminded me of that thing that I know, which is there is no grand finale. There's no such thing. This is just one in a long series of... Things that I'm going to make in my life, like it's one in a long series of shirts that I'm probably going to make, you know, and I'm allowed to just like finish it and for it to not be perfect. So that was a really good reminder. Um, So those are the things that I've been making. I made a painting and I made a shirt. I definitely feel like my in the bra mentorship. Apparently, I'm supposed to make I might have said this in the last episode, but I'm supposed to make two bras a month. And it's the middle of November, so that's two bras that I should probably finish in November. And I just, I feel kind of behind in all my other stuff because of this, like, this new, you know, like, transitions always take a little bit longer than you would think, or a little more energy than you would think. Like, I think I'm not allowing the art studio to take up as much time as it needs. Like, I'm trying to fit all this other stuff in around it. Um... Maybe it's like a diligence with scheduling problem. I need to reread 4,000 weeks. That's maybe what the problem is. But I definitely noticed that because I'm focusing on that stuff, I haven't been painting. I love painting. But I love a lot of things. Anyway, I won't I won't dwell on that. A <laughs> little overwhelmed, a little overwhelmed and a little feeling the the pull of my one of one of many of my identities. Feeling the pull. Um, but, uh, moving on from that, (laughs) this weekend, I, this past weekend, I went down to Victoria to do like a dance, like a swing dance workshop weekend, which is like, it'll be a Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. They'll do classes during the day. They'll bring in instructors from out of town and they'll have like, I think there was like five or six hours of classes during the day. And then at night they'll have like a band and they'll be dancing. And it was really fun. I feel like often in my life, I've like cut and run kind of. Like I just leave and then I never look back. And I think it's really valuable to be reminded that I can always go back to where I came from. Like I I didn't grow up in Victoria, but that's where I learned how to dance. And I think after dancing in Montreal for so long where I didn't really know anybody and I had to make a whole set of new friends, it was really, really nice to like be back and, like, dance with the people that I learned how to dance with, it just felt really special. And it really reminded me how important it is to, like, find and, like, connect yourself to your community, like, whatever that is. You know, we're all kind of isolated in one way or another. I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody because I obviously can't, but for me living in a small town, there's not that, like big, overwhelming enthusiasm for, like, this thing that I love, this particular thing. Um, And I'm teaching swing dance, but also there has to be a part, I think this is a big realization, is there has to be a part of, like, nourishment of, like, yourself. I was talking to my therapist, and she was like, what does it look like to be successful on a personal level, To be successful in the realm of, like, what you're providing for others. And also, what does success look in terms of, like, nourishing yourself? And I think I was just forgetting about that. And I found it so profoundly nourishing to go and, like, dance and, like, learn. Like, take lessons and, like, learn things that I had never heard before was awesome. Um, And, like, just to be reminded that I can travel to these things and that there's people who might want to travel with me, too. Like, I can meet them somewhere for those things. Like we used to do, like we used to go to like Portland or Seattle or like Vancouver for like a weekend. And it was just so special. Like that was a really special time. And especially like now I'm realizing like many of my friends have started or are starting families now. And I'm having a real reflection of, you don't know what you got till it's gone. (laughs) Because like these are the friends that I would have like gone overnight on weekends with and they won't be able to do that for a few years. And so it just makes me really appreciate and be grateful for, like, the friends that are still available to do that while I am still available to do that. Like, it's just making me think a lot about that kind of thing. So anyway, I just, I found that uh returning to that community was really special and nourishing for me. And while I was in Victoria, we did a little art horse meetup. And Jenna and Steph from the Discord and me, we went to... coffee shop and we brought our um fiber art we are knitters and crocheters and we sat at a table and we chatted and it was so good it was so good thank you guys so much for coming to meet with me it felt the same like it felt like I was in community in the same way as I just described because it's like you're sitting there you can ask questions of, like, about knitting, like, I learned a couple things, and I got to, like, see what they were working on, and it was really special. I loved it a lot, so um, thank you guys for that, and yeah, my takeaway from both of those experiences is it is worth connecting with that community, like, it's worth finding and connecting with people who do the same things as you, especially if you spend a lot of time Um, by yourself or away from them. (laughs) I just, I found that. I, I needed that reminder. And then the last thing that I wanted to say is that on my way down there, it's like a, I would say it's about five hours to drive there. And then there's like an hour and a half on the ferry. And so I listened to The Art of Gathering and it was so good. It was such a good book. If you're a person who is like looking to make meaningful connection in meetings or by hosting events or even like family gatherings or maybe a birthday party or anything, anything where there's three or more people and you want to have like a meaningful connection. Read that book. It is really, really good. It's by Priya Parker and it's called The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters. And I think my biggest takeaway from it was like, she talks about events needing to have, I think she says, a single disputable purpose. A clear disputable purpose. Disputable is the key word. is like, maybe not everybody would agree with it. Um, and it's very, like, specific. So she talks about, like, identifying the need of yourself. Like, if it's an event for yourself, like a baby shower, a birthday, like, what is the need of you in this specific moment in your life. Like what do you need the most? And then designing an event around that. And so I thought that was so interesting. Because I think for the longest time I've wanted to host events where people can make that meaningful connection. But not really having a blueprint on how to do that. And this book is like, it's a really good way to like change how you think about hosting. Um, I wish somebody was paying me to say this, but I can't even help it. It's just such a good book. Um, and so it's made me think about things differently. Like I'm thinking about, like, I'm hosting Dancing in the Dark again. And like when I was announcing Dancing in the Dark the first time, I just said 75 minutes of Dancing in the Dark, sober, no talking, no touching, because it'll be pitch black. Ha ha is what I wrote. <laughs> Everyone gets a glow in the dark sticky for the front and the back so we don't bump into each other. So I was saying, like, here's like literally what it is. But I wasn't talking about the purpose at all. And she says that, like, the purpose can help you um, help people self-select for the event. And it can also help you figure out who to invite and who to exclude. Because the purpose doesn't fit with them. They talked about, like, in a wedding. It's like, if your purpose of your wedding is to um, unite your families and, like, acknowledge the support of the people in your family, then... Maybe your parent's friend would get to come to the wedding. There's, like, one seat, and your parent's friend gets it. Or if the purpose of the wedding is, like, to reconnect with the friends, like, your chosen family, then that seat might go to your college friend instead, and the person, um, your parent's friend would might be excluded. That's just what they mean by that. Um, So I was just saying, like, what it was, and then... Now, like after having listened to that book, I think about it differently. It helped me like craft this new idea of it. And I know it's going to be evolving, but what it says now is that dancing in the dark is a collective experience of self-exploration. 75 minutes of dancing in the dark to a something for everyone playlist. Sober, no talking, no touching. Bring your weirdest dance moves. Like, it helped me be more specific about, like, what it was actually about. And I think it's going to be interesting to focus really on welcoming people and, like, smoothing out the event and making it really nice. So it was really cool. Like, I could take a book and, like, apply it to what I'm doing right now, and it was really useful. So if that's, like, your kind of thing, I really recommend it. <laughs> it was really good. So that's what I've been working on and up to. If I was going to ask myself what I was excited about, I would say I'm excited about... I'm teaching, like, a lot of events coming up. I'm teaching three line dance events, um, plus a private line dance event. I'm hosting a swing dance, and also I'm hosting Dancing in the Dark in the next, like, two or so weeks. So it's a lot of stuff, and I think... I'm coming up against, like, how do you communicate about your event? Like, how do you find the people who would be really interested in it? And How do you be patient about it? Because I recognize that some things happen, like, organically. And um, it just takes time for people to, like, love the idea. So then in order to do that, just, like, building an Instagram following, there's, like, a consistency about it. Like, you have to be consistent in how often you do it and where you do it, and I'm still sort of settling into that, but I'm excited to grow in that way. So I'm excited for all those things and how um, having read The Art of Gathering can, like, help me shape the kinds of events that I want to host and the kind of community that I want to, like, build and contribute to. Um, And I'm kind of excited just in general about that idea of, like, nourishment as something that I can, like, invest in. And, like, where that takes me. Because I think I don't often think of that. Like, I think about, like, um, how can I do all of, the like, administrative things that I need to do? How can I provide well for other people? But I don't think about the impact of nourishment or, like, being undernourished. Because I think, like, when I come back from that weekend and I teach a swing dance class, like, I feel so much more engaged. Like, I just, I feel reminded of what I love about it. And that is a really useful thing to have as a teacher, is that memory. Um, Yeah, so I'm excited to see where that takes me. And I would love to hear how, like, nourishment shows up for you in your life in terms of, like, finding your community or, like, filling that well, not just recharging, but, like, overflowing. Like, nourishment in the sense of, like, there's something, I don't know, nourishment doesn't feel like recharging to me because it feels like more luxurious it's like you don't have you're not settling you're not um just getting by I feel like saying it's indulgent is like a judgment on nourishment that I don't want to make but like it has that feeling to it like that thing that's more than just enough you know what I mean do you know what I mean so I'd love to hear what that is for you even if you're not practicing it at the moment like what you could imagine would be really nourishing. I would love to hear it. Uh, Yeah, so that's me, and that's this week. Uh, This has been Art Horse. And if you want to find it on Instagram, you can find it at Art Horse Pod. You can support the show and join our art club on Patreon at patreon.com slash arthorsepod. And if you want to tell me anything, you can hit me up at arthorsepod at gmail.com. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye!